0: Hi, welcome to Life of Love podcast. This is Rhonda Johnson with Life of Love Ministries. I have my husband with me today, and we're going to talk about the article uh, that we uh, published this week, <clears throat> Christian Enemy Number One, Fear. The scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 1, seven, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Some versions of the Bible say, but not of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, fear dominates most Christians, I've found, and probably most people period. But fear is one of the greatest challenges that Christians face and need to overcome. Some of our fears include insecurities, failure, uh, fear of failure, fear of lack fear of being alone, fear of rejection. I looked up the leading psychology network and they estimate that 30% of Americans deal with some type of phobias, fears, and anxieties at some time in their life. So fear is a constant problem. I mentioned in the article that Joyce Meyer often says that there are three over 365 Scriptures regarding fear and the Lord telling us to fear not and she mentions that that's one scripture for every day I think that isn't a coincidence. I think that the fact that we deal with fears constantly um, is Evident in how many scriptures there are and how many times the Lord tells us to not be afraid this um, time of year especially in the month of October, we see fear in our culture really glamorized and celebrated. And while trick-or-treating is mainly geared towards children and passing out candy, David and I love passing out candy on Halloween. And, you know, it's, we can't stop this. People are coming to our house. We don't want to see our, we want to be, do not want to be seen as rejecting children coming to our house. So we just have fun with it. We bless the children as they come um, and we give them candy and we make a really big deal out of their costumes and just really try to take the opportunity to be a loving and kind neighbor and um, we just enjoy that part of it. But we all know that there's a much deeper, darker history to Halloween and uh, what coincides with Halloween Halloween is the beginning of the celebration of the Day of the Dead, which the ancient Druids began over 2,000 years ago. David has done some research about that. Would you tell us what you've, uh, you have uh, found, Had?
1: Yeah, it, it begins in Europe, and um, they begin to the Druids, which was a, an idol-worshipping sect of people, Europeans. They, they would go through, and they would uh, tell the people, you need to put an offering on your doorstep, and uh, this would be money or, or livestock or, or anything valuable to the Druids. And uh, yeah. that would be the the treat if you didn't put the offering. it was basically, you know, they were blackmailing them extortion. Or, or extortion. It was extortion. <laughs> and if you didn't, you'd get a a, a trick, which means that uh, they would do something bad to you or, or take a member of your family away. Lots of bad things would happen. And so that's where this originates. And... Um, now we see the children, when they come to your house, they are dressed as princesses or, or pumpkins and things like this. And, and then, you know, doctors and, and uh, firemen or what have you. But the older the children get, you see the darker the costumes get. You know, Ron and I, we, we bless the kids as we give them candy. We just, you know, put our hand, hand on their head or whatever and, and bless them, which I don't know how that's going to go in this COVID society where maybe we have gloves on our hands, but, but we bless them. But I can't tell you how many times we put our, put our hands on grim reapers and, and uh, you know, saw killers and what have you, but we, we choose to be light in the darkness instead of darkness in the darkness. We don't want to just turn our lights off and, and, Oh, those are Christians and, and have them, you know, assimilate us with people who are not interacting. But um, yeah, but that, that has gone back. And then it goes into the Aztec religion, which is about a thousand years ago. And uh, we were saying earlier that we believe that this was brought over when the Spanish explorers came in and they uh, indoctrinated the people into Catholicism, which is supposed to be universal church. And uh, but we know now it's it's something more than that. But they they incorporated, you know, they gave them this religion and and they incorporated their own practices that the people were doing and said, no, this is also with with God. But uh, yeah. So that that's where it began and that's where it continues, but it's taken an ominous turn now. In uh, Dia de los Muertos, which is Dia de uh, de las of the and then Muertos, M-U-E-R-T-O-S, dead. So Day of the Dead, and you'll see it everywhere more and more now than you used to. When I was a kid, I didn't know this existed, even though it was uh, over a thousand years old. But now with the immigration that we're seeing now uh, from the Latin American countries. They're bringing this in, and it has become mainstream. Uh, it is uh, it is embraced by the Catholic Church in San Antonio. When we went to the Day of the Dead, we actually didn't go to the Day of the Dead. We were in San Antonio on a certain day.
0: We met friends. I'd yes. even
1: forgot it was Halloween <clears throat> until we saw the candy on the ground the next morning. But <clears throat> on November the first, especially, and the second, they they continue their celebration. They have their their uh, little altars they set up in the shop the shops in the Mexican market. They had all this stuff, and and I asked. I said, "What, what's that? <clears throat> what are you doing? What's with the skulls? What's with the little candles and the offerings? And what am I seeing here?" And they explained to me that this, these are offerings for their dead relatives and friends. That on the day of dead, they roam the earth, and they look for a place to to find peace. Or I think
0: someone told us that if if their loved ones come back and find. Pleas, pleasant things, things that they loved, then they can rest in peace again. Yeah, and could, this is like up to the families yeah. to provide this. Otherwise, they're they will wander and not not find rest, which is a lot of responsibility on the families. And then you wonder what happens to those who don't have families who can do that.
1: Well, they do it every year, so apparently they're not finding rest. <laughs> you know, so the enemy enemy pulls you into something, and there's never never an, an end, end, game. end. Never, yep. yeah. Yeah, so, so we did that and saw all this stuff, and really, really opened our eyes. I mean, it was a huge celebration. Mm-hmm. It was like New year's Eve, and and mm-hmm. there were the fireworks that we saw, the dancing and and all of this stuff. And
0: Well, and there's a designer, Harding, who mm-hmm. uh, uses the s- decorated skulls mm-hmm. as their um, their logo. Yeah. And um, I just saw this year in a department store, a woven button down shirt with skulls all over it. Uh, It was a pretty shirt. Maybe that's why I looked closer. I thought, what is that? And I realized there's skulls. So it is becoming more and more seen in our culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, as it does again, it's just further, you know, exalting this, um, practice of pagans. It's pagan worship.
1: Mm Um, well, yeah, one more thing. This whole thing, if you go back to your local Catholic priest, he will tell you that this is All Saints Day. <clears throat> this is something that is acceptable. And, uh, but the problem is that it's completely extra biblical. It's not in the word of God anywhere. Uh, and they—you know this belief that they are unsettled goes against the scripture that says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you're present with the Lord, you're not unsettled. You're not, you're not, you don't need all of this stuff. So they own it. They accept this. And this is a, this is a serious, serious problem.
0: Exactly. Um, Pope Gregory is the one who decided to Christianize this practice. And um, that would have been in the, probably the 1400s. And he changed it to all saints day. And -hmm. that's where that term comes from. What we're familiar with now. I have a theory. I have, I have, um, Uh, something that I'm, uh, wondering if this is the truth. And that is in, um, in John 2017, that's the story where Mary is tending the grave and she sees Jesus and she goes to embrace Jesus. And he says, don't touch me for I've not ascended to my father yet. And we know that Jesus, when he died, he went to the place of departed spirits He went to the place where every human who had ever died went to wait. And this is just the mercy of the Lord. So a Savior had not come to reconcile humanity to God yet. And so they just went to a holding place, to a waiting place. I believe this is where the uh, Catholic theology about purgatory comes from. Mm And we read in the word where Jesus went to the place of departed spirits. He preached to the captives. And just as you and I have the opportunity to receive and accept and believe that Jesus is the son of God and that Jesus can forgive us of our sins, Jesus preached to those who were captive and those who believed with Jesus, those who believed in Jesus were saved And when Jesus was on his way to the father, he saw Mary at the tomb and went and appeared to her, made himself known to her. At this same time, in Matthew 27, 53, we see that the graves were opened. It says the graves of believers of good men were opened and those people were seen around Jerusalem. I believe and this is not scriptural, but I believe I'm just putting these things together. I believe that this is where the the um, the the misinformation comes from, where Satan takes the truth and twists it. I believe this is where the idea of zombies comes from, hmm. and I also believe that this is where the idea, the twisted truth that Satan has used to make up this doctrine of demons where our loved ones come back from the dead and are among us at a certain time of year. I believe that that's where this, this is the truth. Satan can't create anything. He only takes truth and distorts it. And I believe that this is the truth that Satan has distorted. And where this comes from is from the truth in God's word, where this did happen. Once these people were with Jesus They were seen among Jerusalem because Jesus took a pit stop in Jerusalem, if you don't mind me Uh saying so. And so when Jesus ascended to the Father, those people went into and entered into eternity in heaven with the Father, with Jesus. Why? Because they were believers now. Because Jesus preached to them. They believed. And now they're going up. They're with Jesus in the earth. And they're on their way to the Father with Jesus. That's what I believe happened.
1: Well, he takes this pit stop because Holy Spirit has not yet been in, unleashed on the earth, and he was still in his ministry time. And he he went.
0: Oh, that's good. To, I hadn't thought of that to
1: encourage the disciples to begin their ministry and to wait in the upper room for the advent of the Holy Spirit yes. that would launch them into the next part of their ministry. But what we've done, I mean, what the Catholics have done is is they they say one part, time of the year you know, November 1st and 2nd. But we've accelerated that. I mean, believers, Protestant believers. And by the way, Protestantism in the Great Reformation, these are good Catholic brothers. These are uh, Catholic priests that saw the corruption, saw the misuse of scripture that the general public was not allowed to read. Right. You had to be an educated person. And the only people that were really educated back then was the the uh, clergy. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, this isn't correct. This isn't right. So they protested guys like Huss and Luther and uh and and many other yeah Wycliffe many other men of God that that backed away and they were slaughtered for this they were murdered they were burned at the stake they Mm -hmm. were hunted down Mm -hmm. and and there's a reason that there's a Protestant movement in America today because the same people that they ran from are still wrong today Mm -hmm. they haven't changed or renounced any of their stances uh, against Protestantism And, and you know so so we're we're dealing with the same thing except we don't have the power to kill us anymore but and
0: so, so um what we've done though in our culture is we want to comfort ourselves it's it is uncomfortable yeah. it is painful to think that our loved ones are gone from the earth yeah. and so what we do is we've taken we've taken just like these doctrines are twisted We've taken what we think will give comfort to our families and to ourselves. And we tell ourselves and we tell children, our loved ones are not really gone. They're still here. I heard someone just recently. Probably a believer. It was a believer whose grandparent had just died. And this mother is telling me about comforting her, her child and saying, grandparent isn't still with you they will always be with you and they can see you and they can watch you and i was so um disturbed by it i was afraid to respond i was afraid that i would say something too strong and offend so i didn't say anything i do plan on readdressing this with the person at some time but this is prevalent in our culture this is taught in our culture that our loved ones if we don't want it to happen then it doesn't happen And the truth is so much better than what we can imagine and generate. The truth is that the Holy Spirit is with us and will never leave us. And so we don't have to mourn as those who have no hope because we have hope. And so we can take comfort in the Holy Spirit and the Lord being with us and know that our loved ones who believed will be waiting for us.
1: Well, and and the the thought, the thought that these people are, are watching over us, uh, it's dead wrong. Uh, yes. The one who's watching over us is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I, we, we read on Facebook and hear from people all the time about you know this this feeling that these, these people are hovering over us and they're protecting us. The wind blows and the cardinal flies up or a hummingbird or mm-hmm. all these things. This is extracurricular stuff. This is idolatry. It's yes. wrong. And, um, and it goes against Scripture. And it is based in unbelief. <laughs> Exactly. To to not trust God to take care of us and to understand that yeah m- our moms and dads both of us they're gone they're with the Lord and now we're the grownups and we it's our place to be who they were to us and to our our children and grandchildren so this this is just dead wrong and the the Christian church is backwards in this and and it really bothers me when I hear clergy remaining silent about this and allowing this to be perpetuated. It's just, it's extremely troubling. This is why at the funerals, you and I both have addressed this in funerals. And uh, I've had people in the funerals, I, my, my son, you know, Jesse, he, he's talked about how that uh, he heard people grumbling while I was making this statement that our loved ones aren't watching over us. Well, that's the attitude of an, of an unbeliever, not a believer. A believer knows that our our, our loved ones are with the Lord.
0: Yes, absolutely. Fear keeps us from our divine purpose. It keeps us from overcoming, keeps us from reaching our destiny and fulfilling what God put us on this planet to do. Fear cripples us and keeps us from being happy and leave it living an overcoming life. It's so important that we understand that fear is not something we have to accept. We can overcome. I just encourage you to look up the scriptures, know what the Lord says. Psalms 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so I want to encourage you today to seek the Lord for deliverance from fear. And I hope that you'll join us again next week. Uh, David, what were you going to say? I just
1: want to clarify the difference between being afraid and, and fear. So being afraid is a natural reaction. It can save your life. It can protect your family. Uh, there's nothing sinful about something scaring me or me reacting to something. The difference is when I dwell in it, because the state of fear is a state of unbelief. And that's why people think that their loved ones are looking over them, because they, they don't trust God to do that same thing. So, so being afraid is, is a temporary response, not a state of mind. And that's where it turns into fear.
0: This is Rhonda Johnson for Life of Love Ministries. I hope you have a blessed day. Go with God and ask the Lord to help you overcome your fears in Jesus' name.